Top Agents Playbook is for you, the modern real estate professional looking for new and proven ways to grow your brand and dominate your market. I'm Ray Wood, and each week we take a behind-the-scenes look at the very best marketing tactics and strategies required to get you and your message in front of a lot more sellers. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now, let's get started. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm with Louise Phillips-Forbes from New York City, a New York City power broker. Louise, how are you doing? Good good afternoon. I am awesome. It's raining cats and dogs today, but that's okay. There's sunshine on the other side. Now, I just looked at my, I looked at my radar, and there's quite a serious uh, hurricane or cyclone or I don't know, whatever they you call it, but it's heading from the Bahamas directly up your way, so... You might want to um, get out that umbrella. I think it means I get out my surfboard. Okay, yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> before we get into it, you were telling me before you surf at Montauk, um, uh, which is I do, I do. which is which is uh, part of New York. Um, how, how good do the waves get there? Well, I'm goofy, so they're all left. Right. You can always split your peak, but but they're left yep. and. You know, I learned at 48 years old because my son walked out on the beach and was like, I want to learn to do that. And he yep. was like, even five. Yep. But yeah, no, the waves are great, especially yep. September. I mean, I can't, sometimes I can't even do those because that's like 10 feet, eight feet. I mean, I'm a six foot girl. That's it. After yep. that, I'm done. That's that's heavy surf. That's crazy. Tell me about, I want to get into some other stuff that we were just talking about, but tell me about how you got into real estate. Ooh, back door. Um, you know, I was born and raised in Tennessee and I, uh, I came to New York. Uh, I, I was a dancer. I have a degree in special education and elementary education, and I had a scholarship to dance and I wanted to come check out the lights of New York city. And like most people, I got in real estate in the back door yep. and I injured myself, uh, after doing a couple of off-Broadway shows and some gigs and like most, you know, you're either modeling, catering, all of these things, bartending. And I met somebody who said, you'd be so good in real estate. And I was like, okay. oh. like call my friend. Yeah. Went and met her friend. And he was like, you want a job? And I went home. I told my brother, I got a job in real estate. And he's like, you know, that's commission only. I was like, oh no, I didn't know that. <laughs> So fast forward 34 years later, you know, I think I did my first deal was $63,000 and I used to hustle no fee rentals for, you know, $700 a month. And I don't know, we've, we've cobbled together five point, almost 5.5 billion in sales. Nice. That's kind of, that's crazy. That's crazy. So um, tell me about, um, we were just talking before I press record about, about the market and, and, and like it's kind of weird at the moment. There's a lot. There's a whole lot going on. I think you said the the UN's meeting in New York at the moment. Yes, yes. When it's in session, it's and you know when Joe Biden is here. Literally, I walked three blocks to the Regency. Yep. And it took me twenty minutes, yep. and that was barricades, and then you know screening to get in the hotel. It was. It's a lot, but you know what? That that's not what's going on with the market. What's going on with the market is, you know, unlike, you know, when you're in the tri-state, you know, 
Manhattan is Mecca for, for a lot of markets. And we always sort of collapse or pause. We don't really ever collapse, but whether you're looking at September 11th, great recession. Um, I feel like you're riding the waves there. I was just moving. Are you settled? How's that? Are you getting seasick? <laughs> I, I'm getting seasick. I'm on the boat. <laughs> Sorry. That's cool. So so we seem to have a pause button. We had a, a, an immediate mass exodus during a, a global crisis. A global yep. health crisis is very different than a financial crisis or even a terrorist attack like September 11th. And um, so we kind of had a pause button and our market was frozen because we are a vertical, highly populated, concentrated community. And, um, and, and people, it didn't start coming back until January of 2021. Right. So our, our 2021 was like on steroids. We did two years of business in a one year period. I did 19 transactions in the month of April. Crazy. And, you know, buyers had PTSD. They were like, I, I, I can't, I'm, I'm done. I'm taking yeah. a minute. And yeah. they came back into the market. But, but in 2022, we went from 2.68 of interest rates to doubling to over 5% yep. in a four-month period. People aren't sure, should I stay or should I go? Like, should I lean into this kind of market or do I pause? And, you know, what's right for one person is not right for another. But if sure. you're trying to buy long, if you're trying to buy long, this is the kind of market where you lean into it, in my humble opinion. Of course, I agree. I agree. So you would have seen with the pandemic, you would have seen like everybody else, prices increase in New York City. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. for sure. Yep. We had and, and, and an interesting phenomenon that's happened in like a five month period, maybe six month period. Our rental market went up literally almost 30 percent in some markets. Yeah. And so you would think that pushes people back into the buying market. But what happened was people who pulled out of the buying market could afford much more than those who can't afford to buy anyway. So it's yeah. really got a very interesting cause and effect. And you got to remember that our market is not like most markets. It is There's only 38% of New York City, City ever to even be available to be bought. Okay. So one, there's a wealth preservation there. Yeah. And two, it's a city of renters. Yeah, yeah. What what were your takeaways, Louise, from from working through the pandemic? You said everything froze and everything kind of shut down for a bit. But was uh, did did you change course? Did you do stuff differently? Um, and I'm trying to think of of uh, of our real estate friends that are listening to this episode and and what they they might get out of it. Because as you alluded to before, everybody kind of had a different experience. But but what kind of things? What kind of things worked for you? Did you reach out more to your database? Did you do more marketing? What what happened? Well, I mean, the minute they lifted the band on being in the office, which was June twenty second, twenty twenty. Yep, I was the first one in line, and you know, my team. I have a team of people, and you know, I'm responsible for them as well. And you know, my operations person was like, listen, I'm thinking I'll, I'll be back in the office, you know, when they get a vaccine. I was like, I'm thinking you should maybe look for another job, yeah. but <laughs> no, jokingly. Um, but, but, you know, listen, I think that everybody 
navigated. We all are very entrepreneurial and my style was really, I did a lot of um, podcasts and, and webinars about should I stay and should I go, should I go? And yeah. I would literally market that to everybody I'd sold an apartment to. Yep. And, and, and they would send it to their friends. And honestly, it was not really about business. To me, it was really about being in, in helping somebody decide what's right for them because yep. they were people, I mean, Ultimately, some of my clients I sold apartments to eight months earlier that took a $600,000 hit, Yeah, but they bought something that they could have never afforded. And, you know, what they were, they were opportunistic and they, they saved, you know, quote unquote, when they were looking at this piece of property, they ultimately got, it was a million and a half less. Yeah. So it's all how you choose to look at it. Some people have principles like I, I'm not losing any money, but it depends on what bucket you put your money into. And I always try to look at the time value of money. How long, what, what usage did you get out of it? What part of your life was fulfilling on top of monetarily? How much time do you get to, or, or time could you live in this home? Yep. And, and I think that it just, you need to, to find what works for somebody because it's not always going to be the same. Yeah. So I, I guess what you're saying is, ju- is during that time, there were some pretty amazing opportunities that presented themselves for your clients that, that wanted to upgrade to, to get a bigger property, to get a better position, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And you got to remember also that was prior that that's while every other secondary market you know, um, the Hamptons and Connecticut and Westchester, those markets were all exploding. And so people were abandoning the city, paying a premium in a secondary market. Yep. And many of them now have second homes and now they're coming back to the city. Yep. Yep. What did prices in Montauk do? Talking to Montauk, did they, did they go crazy? Did they double? <laughs> It's been, it's crazy. I mean, listen, I, we sold our house in Woodstock, you know, where two months before the pandemic, well, it was January, nobody really knew, had heard of, you know, uh, COVID-19. Yeah. Um, we had, we had had my mother-in-law's house that we were going to put on the market and, you know, we sold it for 38% more five months later. Wow. That's crazy. That's amazing. Um, with with your with the kind of volume that you're doing, can you tell me a little bit about about your team? How you how you structure that? Because I guess you want to be you want to be free to 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 be, you know. Your I guess your role is is winning the listings and making sure that listings are coming on board. And and I guess you're focusing on the dollar productive things that are bringing the serious income into the business. So you have a team that works behind the scenes that and helps you get things set up. Yeah, I, I think that for me, you know, what what my team is. I mean, I actually probably still pr- produce ninety eight percent of my business just because I've had so much business. I've had, 
you know, team assistants and sales agents that help ex- execute because I'm doing most of the business's personal relationships. Yep. And um, I find it the my whole principle around getting comfortable in real estate because it was not I'm Southern and we never talk about money when you're Southern, you just don't talk about it. And the first thing you do in New York city is like, hi, how, what do you do? How much do you make? What do you want to spend? What's your budget? You know, it's like, and I'm still not comfortable doing that. My accent gets thicker and thicker when I have to talk about money. Right. (laughs) Right. So I found that for, for myself, when I established a, a true principle of and philosophy of being an educator being of service and 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 that was a baseline for me building my business and my team should be hopefully in a perfect world all of my weaknesses are their strengths okay and we're complementing and that we're all for one and one for all and everybody on my team participates on a piece of business whether they touch it or not yep because i i think that there's enough that there's enough bund- abundance there. It's about really being the best version of ourselves for every deal. It doesn't matter if it's a $600,000 deal or a $20 million deal. Yep. Yep. And what do you look for in, in a team member? What do you look for in somebody who's, who's going to be working with you? I know not an easy, not an easy question to answer, but it's one I like. Yeah. To you know, I, I will say that, um, for better or worse, I have more energy than I have ever. I mean, it, I, I, it's, it's sometimes unmanageable, but I am, I am so passionate and I was trying to determine one of the, one of the things that, you know, we, that I always talk about is like sort of what drives you. And, you know, my husband did this predictive index thing. And I think that people building teams, utilizing something that is like a predictive index helps figure out what people's strengths are innately. It's not yep. what you're teaching somebody. It's innately what you're, you're, you're who you are. Okay. And, and I am so relationally driven yep. that I, I, they can't even find it on the chart. Okay. My husband jokes with me and says, you care about the bad relationships just as much as the good ones. Meaning the people that aren't nice to you, you want to figure out why let go, <laughs> move on. <laughs> you mean not everybody's going to love you? No, well, you know, I don't need everybody to love me. I don't understand when when someone specifically is because to me, I attribute my a number of things to my success. But I would say my passion, my authenticity of me being exactly who I am. I'm definitely not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but I'm real. I will always tell you how I feel. I will always agree to disagree. I will always, I'm very data driven. I am terribly dyslexic and I had no idea that a component of my dyslexia, um, which was really my ability to learn to read and my phonics and all of these things, my spatial memory is like rain man. And I walk in a room and I have been in a place, even if they move the kitchen to the other side of the room, it's, it's, it's pretty magnificent, but but you never know what your secret weapons are. Sure, sure. You're talking about data and relationships. Um, over the time that you've been in real estate, I guess you've had the opportunity to build um, a fairly impressive contact list of of potential clients. Is that something that that you guys 20, focus on? Twenty thousand. Okay. Twenty thousand. And yeah. and and you know, 
I am, uh, it's funny, you know, I, I met my husband on a blind date um, through a client. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seven or eight godchildren who were all originated from people I happened to have done business with. And yeah. I really always say that sort of my, my feelings around what my home is, which is sort of where the rest of my life is built from, the people that are in my life are the fabric of, of, of my life. And so many of them come from, from business transactions, but I I don't really think of it that way because I feel like it's such a privilege to be a part of this very intimate, important component of somebody's life. Yeah. 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 I love that. And um, what, with your, with your database and your 20,000, et cetera, uh, is there anything there in particular that stands out? By by that I'm meaning um, ways that you communicate, ways that you reach out and make those connections with with former buyers, former sellers, um, just contacts and people that you've met along the way. Um, I, I probably should be more tech driven, meaning mass this, mass that, touch, touch, touch. But I am so much more of a mindset of attracting instead of promoting. Right. That doesn't mean that I don't promote. Um, I think that that would not be a fair. Um, but I, I, my Instagram, for example, my Instagram, which is like it's Wheezy, W-E-Z underscore says, S-E-Z. And I don't want it to all be real estate. Sure. I want people to know exactly who I am as a human being, as a mother, as a wife, as a educator, as somebody who collects art. I, w- I because I think that that's how people find commonalities. Yep. And um, you know, for new agents that are trying to figure out, like I had zero Rolodex. I mean, every person I danced with and worked with, they weren't owning their apartments. No. And I became a one-bedroom queen. I mean, yep. there wasn't a one-bedroom that I didn't know on the market anywhere in the city yep. at, at, at a certain time in, in the market. And I mastered it. And then I became to, to build those things up. So I think that trying to tap my, my sphere of influence, you know, I do find that Instagram makes that a little more less salesy because i am not comfortable like going use me i'm the best broker in town or send i don't i'm not good about asking people to send me testimonials yep i i just i just want to you know i do feel it's such a privilege to be a part of these these people's processes and that is enough for me and hopefully that through that feeling that they there's an earned trust, and then it just seems to have morphed. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you make that point. I, I often think, um, you know, um, there's only ever 4 or 5% of a population that are actively buying or selling property at any one time anyway. So if we real estate at these people, if we're real estate this, real estate that, and everything's about property and me and 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 selling and buying and stuff, we're kind of alienating 95% of our market. So 
it's good to do those different things. It's good to, I believe it is anyway, from a marketing point of view or just yeah. from a general general business enjoyment point of view. It's, uh, you know, we're humans. We've, we we do surf or we fish or we go on vacation uh, and we have a dog and that sort of stuff. So um, I think that's what people buy into. I think people are interested to see what's behind the curtain sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I think I walked out of a store yesterday and this woman was like, she was totally Southern and her name was Delilah. And she's like, wait, I follow you on Instagram. And I was like, wait, how do you know me? And that's exactly what I said to her. And I was like, I'm Southern. Anyway, it was, she doesn't even know how she found me, but we walked a couple of blocks and it was just like, it was such a great New York moment. Yep. And um, and she invited me to her art show and in Tribeca. And oh, wow. Find that I always have needed to make New York small town, and yeah. and whether you want to know me or not, I'm very familiar. Like you know, the security guard, my husband took his credit my credit cards to on the airplane to Texas, and I had no credit cards, and I charged 180 dollars worth of groceries, and there was nothing at my house to eat, and I couldn't figure out what to do. And anyway, the security guard literally paid for my groceries, and I Venmoed him back the money. Nice. <laughs> so it's like, don't tell me that New York is like getting lost in the shuffle because you can make it small. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's a cool story. Um, what would your advice be to somebody looking to break into to real estate or or looking to not necessarily emulate your success, but but if somebody took you aside and said, Louise, g- give me the heads up on what what are a few things I should focus on or if I wanted to grow my business? To, I want to win more listings and make more sales. You know, what I would say to you that, you know, a lot of us, when I first got into the business of real estate, I really thought it was about architecture and brick and mortar. It's the business of people. Yeah, yeah it's nothing to do with and so. So honestly, if you operate and you wake up every morning with the mindset that every single person you come into contact with is a client that you're currently working with or, you know, just be kind, treat people the way you want to be treated. You know, I, I was on a, I, I mean, I love to work out. And so this morning I, I went to punch at six and then, which is a boxing thing. And then I went to spin and my, my soul cycle instructor, who's a dear friend, Stacy Griffith is like, she's we're on a dark bike with candles and she's like the brightest light always wins the opportunity. And, you know, to me, there's a lot to bitch about, but you focus on goodness. Like how do I, when I, when I lose a piece of business, how do I make that person feel? Do I be grateful for the opportunity to be in the room? Yes. Do I say, what could I have done differently? And what helped me understand why you're making this decision? What's, you know, I've had people often say, you have too many listings, you're too busy. And, you know, you have to respect that. And, um, but nothing feels better when I lose a piece of business to somebody I really respect, because then I know I'm still on my game. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, you know, you look a bit like Jamie Lee Curtis. I have to say that. <laughs> I used to get that when I was skinnier. Okay. I am not. Yeah. I, still I used to get that. Do. I still think you do. I'm just putting <laughs> it out there. Um, yeah. I, 
It's it's been fabulous to chat. Thank you, thank you so much um, for your for your time today. Have you got any words of wisdom you can leave us with? Wow. Uh, let's see. I will say to you that the words of wisdom would be that every day is a new day, and that if you put if you what you put in it is what you're going to get. There is enough business for us all. Be kind, be generous with your knowledge, and remember that buyers and sellers will come and go, but your colleagues, your competition, they are the people that will be in your life for decades. So invest in them, build those relationships. Yep, yep. Fabulous advice. Um, Congrats on your success, Louise, and thank you so much for your time today. Okay, catch a wave for me. See you. Will do.